Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Oh, the band is fired up. And so are we on a Thursday edition of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Bruce Hooley. Andy Anders alongside. Welcome to our audience on Twitch.tv, Chris Landry Football Channel. Glad to be with you. And, Andy, we have actual Big Ten football news to talk about. Some good news for once. Well, don't get carried away now. Commissioner Warren says it's not a straight line and it's not a promise of a season. Just because we have a schedule less than a month before the opener. We have a schedule. We do. Less than a month before the opener. I'm excited to talk about some games, maybe. Preview a little bit of actual football. Um, you know, maybe slowly. We'll, we'll still have plenty of COVID talk on this podcast. <laughs> but slowly start to wean off the COVID talk. Just a Let's little bit so. at a time. Let's hope so, man. I uh, hope we have a season. I don't know if it's... A certainty, but it seems like more of a reality now that we actually know. If we're blessed enough to have a season. There he is. That's his Kevin Warren impression, Andy Anders. You can interact with us on the Twitch channel, Chris Landry Football. You can ask us any questions about who, who benefited from the schedule, who got hosed in the schedule, rivalry games played earlier. You know, I wouldn't have taken in the pool of which one rivalry game in the Big Ten will get to keep its last game on the schedule status. If you'd have given me the whole spectrum of all the Big Ten football rivalries, Andy, I wouldn't have taken Indiana-Purdue. <laughs> no. Uh, the well, What's their trophy again? It's the, um, is it the uh, Purdue Cannon? Pagan Nails? No, is it the... Uh... The old uh, some old oaken some, bucket, some old, old bucket. bucket. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if it was a bucket or a one. spittoon. I know it wasn't the bronze pig. Nope. Good old Floyd or Rosedale. <laughs> Floyd or Rosedale. Oh man. Um, yeah. I Ohio State Michigan apparently with two weeks that are meant for postponed games at the end of the season. You know, week eleven and week thirteen open for both teams. They're still afraid that three games might get postponed, so they moved Ohio State Michigan up. Week eight, it will be the seventh game, the seventh mm-hmm. game on the schedule for both mm-hmm. teams. October 24th, October Ohio State, Michigan. 24th, first time since 1942 that it's not the last game for both teams. And we got a lot of firsts on this schedule. Um, we have, you know, multiple bye weeks. We've got the flexibility of 
weeks one and two being able to be folded into those two open dates on everybody's schedule. We got weeks three and four uh, that could fall into the bye weeks. We got uh, 41 of the 70 games, they say, could be played in bye weeks. And we have a lot of rivalry games that are going to be played earlier in the year. Uh, we've got uh, Little Brown Jug little, in Week 2. Yeah, I mean, I've got it here. You know, people, that, that's uh, Michigan-Minnesota. Uh, let's just run through that. Illinois-Northwestern is their typical rivalry. Let me see if I can. Let's see if I can come up with the trophies. Uh, that's like the Sweet Sue Tomahawk. <laughs> it is. You think I'm making yeah. that up? I'm not. It's the Sweet Sue oh Tomahawk. The Big Ten and its Although that's probably, that's probably not allowed anymore. That's cultural appropriation. It used to be the Sweet Sue Tomahawk. Just it, like... Uh, Florida and Georgia used to have the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And uh, what was Oklahoma, Texas? Didn't they have like some gun reference in that uh, one? And, well, that's always been the Red River Red River, yeah. But there's some some game that used to have a gun reference in it, which you can't have uh, that I thought, anymore. Wasn't, it was two Texas teams, wasn't it? Maybe it was like, so, yeah. I thought it was like Texas Tech and Texas. <laughs> anyway, the Sweet Sue Tomahawk, if still allowed to be uh, referenced, it is on this podcast. Uh, that'll be played. It's midseason. Uh, then we've got... Iowa, Iowa has two rivals, Wisconsin. That's the next to last week of the season. Yes. And they also uh, rivalry with Minnesota. That, I believe, is uh, the Florida-Rosedale. That is the Florida-Rosedale. That's week three. Yes. Uh, Nebraska, they're kind of new, but Nebraska-Iowa is kind of a rivalry. Haven't uh, Nebraska and Iowa played the last week of the season? I think that yeah, I think that was the regular last game. Week they don't play at all. Oh no, no, there they do. There's uh, the, there's Herky the Wisconsin, Hawkeye. Wisconsin, Minnesota were normally the last week of the season. That's gone. That's yeah, getting played week four now. Hawkeyes and, and Huskers play week four. Purdue, Indiana, as we said, is still the last game of the season. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota is week four. Wisconsin, Iowa next to last week of the season. Maryland, they don't have a rival. Michigan State, Michigan. That's an interesting one. That that one is not an end of the season game. It it floats. No. It's somewhere you know. It's not unusual for them to play in October. Uh, so they're playing in uh, early October, but the difference there is that game was supposed to be in Lansing, and now it's in Ann Arbor. We've seen multiple games in the Big Ten schedule switch that were originally home and went to away, or the added team, because mm-hmm. each team got a new team on its schedule. Maybe they played in a location previous, the last time the two teams met, and they'll be playing at the same location this time. Ohio State-Purdue's that way. Last time Ohio State and Purdue met, it was at Purdue. They'll be at Purdue again this year. Um, I I assume that's because they were trying to give each team five home, five road. Correct. That's the way the schedule is. That is, yeah. And then uh, Penn State, when they joined the Big Ten in 1994, uh, no, 93, they tried to cook up an artificial rivalry with Michigan State, and they played that the last week of the season, What's and they created that- some Governor's something trophy. It's got the word governor in which, it. I which believe. one's the land grant? Uh, the land grant, that's Michigan, Michigan State, I think. But don't they oh, also yeah. play for the Paul Bunyan? Isn't that? No, there's their land grant trophy and the Paul Bunyan trophy. And okay. I think one of them is Michigan State, Penn State. Maybe. There'll be a quiz on this later for all of you on Twitter. <laughs> for all of you uh, unfamiliar with yes. the Big Ten, maybe we have some cross-promotional listeners from our ACC or Pac-12 podcast. We do, or our Big 12 podcast, there is which an... comes up top of the hour in defense of the Big 12 at 11 a.m. Exactly. In Unbelievable amount of rivalry trophies in the Big Ten. And for those who aren't familiar with the tradition of the yeah. conference, um, <laughs> uh, well, Andy, strange. I mean, speaking of trophies, I mean, Ohio State, Illinois, for the coveted Illibuck wooden turtle, that's the season opener. I mean, that's like the that's like the NASCAR starting with the Daytona 500, Ohio State, Illinois, playing for the wooden turtle. The Illibuck. Oh, the, the uh, 
the rivalry that's been so hard fought over the years. <laughs> so hard fought. Ohio State and Illinois. Oh. <laughs> Back in the 80s, it was competitive. It was uh, it was quite competitive in the early Cooper years. That's... Illinois had its own way there, and uh, somebody uh, tweeted, the solid verbal today tweeted, uh, in deference to the uh, Ohio State-Illinois season opener, the big upset by Coach Ron Zook. People forget the Zucker. So, Coach oh Ron Zook's, this is the high point of his career, beating Ohio State in Ohio Stadium on senior day in 2007. Zucker was a former Ohio State assistant coach, pride of Orville, Ohio. Uh, shout out to Orville and the legendary Mo Tipton, high school yep. coach at Orville, and uh, Ron Zook was on his staff. Zucker brought Juice Williams, Jay Lehman, Richard Mendenhall, and the Illini into Ohio Stadium and beat Jim Tressel, seemingly at the time, knocking Ohio State out of the national championship game, but... Two top two teams lost that year, and then you got back, and it was LSU was the first two-loss team to make the national championship yes. game uh, there in the BCS era, and uh, Austin Spittler runs into the punter, and uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. Big win for LSU over Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl. So, uh, yeah, so there's your Big Ten. Now, uh, we're going to dive into top games in the league, but we have some breaking news in the conference that is really bad news for the Penn State Nittany Lions and really good news for anybody who has to play Penn State, chiefly Ohio State, which has to go to Penn State on, what is it, November? It's two weeks after the Michigan game, right? Yes. Uh, So it's the second week in October. Micah Parsons, the unanimous Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year preseason candidate, according to Cleveland.com's preseason poll. Reports started to circulate on Monday, actually Tuesday, I believe, that Micah Parsons was leaning toward opting out. This was reported by Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. I've been waiting for confirmation. Do we have confirmation yet, or do we have additional sourcing on the Micah Parsons? 24-7 Sports has said they've confirmed it. Um, Still haven't heard from the man himself. But uh, would be a huge blow to that Penn State defense. Oh. I honestly think, though, that I mean, that's a huge loss, obviously. You're talking first-round draft pick, mm-hmm. maybe an All-American, probably an All-American, honestly. Dude was dude, former five-star recruit. He's a beast. Everything, he's everything a beast. you want in that, and he's perfect for that kind of hybrid stand-up mm-hmm. linebacker pass rusher that Penn State plays. But I think even bigger than that, the loss for Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, there's your reigning Big Ten wide receiver of the year. I mean, the way they threw the ball around last year and how crucial he was to that offense. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, Penn State has, has always had great defenses. They're going to have creative pass rushes. I think they'll still get pressure on the quarterback without mm-hmm. Parsons. I don't know how Minnesota's passing offense is going to to function at the same level it did last year without Bateman. Well, here's the thing. When you play Penn State and you're in the meeting room and you're going over the scouting report, Micah Parsons is top line. Yeah. When you play Minnesota and you're going over the Gophers' offensive scouting report, Rashad Bateman is top line. And that's a huge blow for both of those teams and not a lot of time to adjust to it. No. They haven't been practicing but they've been game planning. They've been scheming. You know Penn State's defense has schemes they were building 
around Micah Parsons. You know Minnesota's offense has offensive schemes they're building around either getting at the Rashad Bateman or counting on the double coverage Rashad Bateman's going to draw for Tanner Morgan to go somewhere else with the football. Yeah. Uh, the other question is obviously now are we going to see more Big Ten players opt out, and I'm not sure we will. Ohio State, the two question marks for them in that regard were Justin Fields and Sean Wade, both locks for the first round and kind of that skill position where you question, okay, they could go. Both said they're not going to. Um, at they're, they're both captains, and there was a captain availability for Ohio State. They were asked the question. Mm-hmm. Fields said he was too much of a competitor. He wants to win the Heisman, the national title, et cetera, et cetera. Wade said he hadn't even given a thought to the idea. Um, is there anyone else in the Big Ten you're kind of looking for that could potentially opt out of a season? Obviously, these are guys, you're only going to see it probably from first-round guys. Yeah, I think you're going to see it from, if you see it, you'll see it from first-round guys. And I, I would have said you'd see it from, uh, I don't remember the young man's name, but Virginia Tech has a corner doing the same thing. Nobody thinks Virginia Tech's going to win the ACC. Nobody thinks Virginia Tech's going to be in the playoff. I would think if there's a lock first-round talent on Indiana, on maybe Iowa, but Iowa's a three-loss team last year, and they lost every one of those games by less than a touchdown, so maybe not. Uh, but a team that doesn't have realistic playoff expectations. I think Penn State, they have realistic playoff expectations. That, they got Ohio State coming to State College. I think it, in Minnesota, maybe we don't believe Minnesota has realistic playoff expectations, but in Minnesota, I think they certainly do. They certainly do. At least they did until the new Big Ten schedule came out. Oh, my goodness, yeah. They well, did somebody not. at the office in, in uh, Park Ridge, <laughs> Illinois, is tired of uh, P.J. Fleck. Short end of the stick there. Holy cow, what that, a schedule they handed in, Minnesota. Them in Indiana, man. Ooh. Uh, it's pretty brutal. Uh, so uh, if you have that in front of you, let's go into that. Oh, because yeah. I think the schedule for Minnesota, I looked at their first four games, and I'm like, holy Toledo. If they come through those first four games, it's all downhill from there. At Michigan State, home against Michigan for the Little Brown Jug, home against Iowa, who always plays everyone tough, Yep. and then Paul Bunyan's axe at Wisconsin. If you can get through those first four somehow, 4-0, <sighs> and I mean – to end, they have Nebraska, Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, Maryland. Um, you could probably chalk up at least five of those as wins right now, I would think. Um, well, I guess Nebraska could surprise people this year. Indiana, uh, Indiana's kind of a sleeper team for me. They've been on the rise. Um, they're a sleeper team, but boy, somebody's oh yeah, going to sl- put, somebody put the sleeper hold <laughs> on their chances of, of surprising. Check this starting schedule out. Tom Allen... I mean, he headed right out to the local CVS for a case of Pepto-Bismol yesterday when he saw he gets Wisconsin to start, then Penn State. Okay, then the week three gets a little break, actually big break, Illinois. But then the uh, Buckeyes are coming in next. In the first month, I mean, he's looking at one and three. Oh, no, and they go to Ohio State. Well, they go to Ohio State, yeah. So, I mean, they he's, he's digging out to try to get bowl eligible after starting what is a I mean, if they don't start one and three, I'll be shocked. Well, then they get Minnesota and Michigan right after. Oh, you could very feasibly, you could start one and five and not, you know, you're going to be favored to lose five of those games. Yeah. So you could start one and five conceivably, and then you're f- scratching to try and beat Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, and Purdue. There's a couple wins on there that would be tough, that aren't going to be easy to come by. And you, you hope for five and five. I guess they'll probably lower bowl eligibility this year with everyone playing 10 games. They I will. Imagine. Still, that's tough, man. That starting schedule for Indiana. Well, you're happy you're with us on uh, the Twitch channel, Chris Landry Football. Remember, LandryFootball.com for all the podcasts, ACC, 
SEC gumbo in defense of the Big 12. That show follows us at 11 o'clock here on Twitch. We've got fantasy shows with the Candlestick Kids. We've got NFL film breakdown, college breakdown, high school shows. You want to find your way to LandryFootball.com for all the latest information. Whatever your football interest is, we can fill it here. We can round it out. We can make it more robust, make you the smartest guy at the bar with all your buddies, LandryFootball.com. You can subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, of course, on TuneIn, on Stitcher, pretty much every podcast platform, Spotify. So please do that, and please respond to us during the show. Andy's monitoring our Twitch channel, and we'd love to answer your questions about Big Ten football. We've got a lot more to get to with the Players' Tribune story yesterday of 1,000 Big Ten football players. But remember, LandryFootball.com is the website. Chris Landry Football is the Twitch channel. And again, top of the hour, we go from Big Ten to Big 12 with In Defense of the Big 12. That is our show coming up at 11 on the Chris Landry Football channel on Twitch. It looks to me like they always say, wow, you know, this is how we fed all the information into the computer, and this is just what came out. I don't believe that for a second. Because when you look at the teams in the Big Ten, Andy, that have, I think, a, a realistic hope of being conference champion and playoff contender. Yeah. At your Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa. Let's take five. Okay, Minnesota, uh, maybe. Now with Bateman, maybe not. So everybody gets an additional game. Right, because you play a nine-game Big Ten schedule, they didn't take any of the nine off your list that you were going to play. No, you got your nine, and you gained one additional opponent from the other division. So I'm sitting here early in the week talking with uh, College Football Hall of Famer Chris Spielman on the Spielman Hooli podcast, and we're like, "Well, who do you want to see Ohio State play?" Well, obviously, we want to see him play Minnesota or Wisconsin. Those are the two best teams. Want to see want a good football game? Okay. Instead, Ohio State gets Purdue. Now, we'll get to Ohio State-Purdue. they got a history, and I, mean, I don't mean to you know, poo-poo you Boilermaker people because you're going to go, hey, what about the last time we played? Yeah, and a couple times before that. But generally, it looks to me like Kevin Warren and his staff and the scheduling computer were in, shall we say, max protect mode for, pulling, the, con- for the contenders. Pulling an SEC out here. Holy cow. Penn State adds... Illinois, woo! <laughs> Wisconsin adds Rutgers. Oh wow! Michigan adds Northwestern. Now that's legit. Northwestern's given Michigan fits over the years. They have, but again, it's the same Ohio State Purdue. They're you know? already playing Wisconsin and Minnesota. Michigan yes. is, so they didn't have the option of giving them Wisconsin or Minnesota. And Iowa adds Maryland. So it doesn't look to me like they really wanted to challenge their top teams with that additional game. I mean, in a 10-game season, you're looking at probably having to go undefeated again in the playoff this year, I'd imagine. Yeah. So they want to give the the contenders the best possible road there, if that's what happened. I, I think it's what happened. Like, you can say you fed it into a computer, but come on. Yeah. I come mean, on. would you rather see Ohio State-Purdue or would you rather see Ohio State-Minnesota? Exactly. And you'd think, you know, a computer would match good against good. You'd and think. not good against bad. Especially I'd rather see I'd rather see Penn State Wisconsin than Penn State Illinois. Absolutely. I'd rather see Michigan Nebraska than Michigan Northwestern. Beyond a doubt. So 
I mean, but I would also like to see a Big Ten in the college football playoff, not going to lie. Yeah, well, I think this year, I mean, first of all, the Pac-12 is a mess. Yeah. So I think your Big Ten champ, your SEC champ, your ACC champ, and maybe your SEC runner-up uh, are going to be in there. Maybe your Big 12 winner. A Big 12 winner's got to go undefeated. I no think, offense. No offense, Big 12 guys. T- people are high on Texas this year, and Oklahoma always has, you know. Now they're high, all right, if they're high on Texas. <laughs> I know. Uh, Sam Ellinger is really overrated. Um, Tom Herman, he's, uh, I don't know if he's in win-now mode. That's That's an interesting question, too. Do you think any coach who was maybe not on the hot seat, but like, in the room, and in there the and there seat. is a hot seat in the room, you know, and he doesn't have to sit down, but if you want to sit down, you know, the seat's going to be a little warm. Do you think guys on the bubble this year get a break because of all the different challenges of getting your team ready for the season? I think it's situational. If uh, I think Texas's situation, I don't think they get a pass because they've got, you've now, he's in what, his fourth year at Texas? Yes, sir. Fourth year at Texas. It's all his guys now, right? You mm-hmm. get to your fourth year at a program, it's all your recruits except for some guys that redshirted when you were there your first year. And so um, you are established with this staff. If you're looking at someone, mm-hmm. either the program's in transition, you just lost a bunch of talent, or you're still in your first few years, Scott Frost, then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Scott, this is his third year now. Yeah. Um, then I think, yes, you get a pass on this season. But the program, if you're Tom Herman and you're returning your quote-unquote star quarterback and you're returning, they're returning a lot of players, You, I don't think you should get a pass for this season because you should have a good enough program, a good enough situation in place, the standard mm-hmm. should the culture, that's the word I was looking for, should be in place that you can overcome this sort of adversity. And actually, it should make you better, I think, if you have the right culture in place. Yeah, I mean, he raised expectations by winning the Sugar Bowl in year two. And, you know, that made everybody think they had a schedule, and they slide a little bit a year ago. So we'll see. Tom Herman, former offensive coordinator at Ohio State, when the Buckeyes won the national championship in 2014. Uh, This is not a Big Ten-related thing, but I just do hate to see uh, we talked about rivalry games and how this is a new season with a lot of the Big Ten rivalry games being played not on that final week, including Ohio State-Michigan. Notre Dame-Navy have played 93 consecutive years since 1927. They will not play this year. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, that's just too bad. I hate to see that. We'll get back to normal hopefully next year. I mean, Notre Dame-Michigan is another rivalry <laughs> that had developed and won't be happening. Or Yeah. Uh, as for Ohio State adding Purdue, of course, uh, Ohio State fans will be um, – Glad about that, I think. Uh, you know what's coming the week they play is all the Rondale Moore revisited stories and all the, you know, this kept Ohio State, you know, from being a national champion when Dwayne Haskins was a quarterback. Not about national champion. I don't know if they go and win it that year, but being in the playoff. But, I mean, sure. it kept them from being in the playoff yeah. for sure. Uh, and then Iowa, this will be the first time Ohio State has played Iowa since Iowa, Nate Stanley, like, drilled Ohio State out in uh, Iowa City. Right. And I believe the Iowa game, the final week of the season in Ohio Stadium, will be Ohio State's toughest home game. I think Iowa will give them a much tougher home game than Michigan will. I 100% agree with that. Iowa is just the kind of team that always plays you tough, always is going to wear you down, especially on defense. Um, though I'm, I'm confident in Ohio State's interior defense this year. They've got depth at linebacker. You've got depth at defensive tackle. So I think they might match up well with Iowa. Um 
They're going to match up really well with Michigan, though, I think, too. Uh, and I don't, yeah. That that Iowa game will be really interesting to close the year. I'm Honestly, Iowa's kind of a curveball for me. I don't know exactly how good they're going to be this year because, you know. It's all about the quarterback. It is Iowa. all about the quarterback. <clears throat> they get a, a reasonable replacement to Nate Stanley. I think they can be pretty good. And then, of course, Iowa's got the off-field stuff where they've had, a, they've had an investigation into racial tensions in the program and, Kirk Ferentz has addressed that. You exactly. don't, you don't exactly. know what that does. Any kind of adversity is a distraction. Any kind of adversity can bring you closer together or it can drive you further apart. Well, I think that specific kind of adversity, too, is especially polarizing. When you're talking about yeah. something race, um, you know, there's no more. It's been said many times before. There's no more poignant a subject in American culture mm-hmm. than that of race. And... Um, so I think what you just said amplifies the effect times 10. You know, you're either going to see Iowa really come together as a result of this and defend their guy, their coach, or it's really going to drift them apart. And you might see, honestly, a little bit of a loss on, of grip there from Ferentz uh, I, on the I program. I think it's going to depend a lot of times on how you start. If you start trending in a good direction, you can keep it rolling. If you start in a bad direction... Everything's made better by winning. Hard to turn it around. They start with... Nebraska, Purdue, uh, no, excuse me, Maryland, Purdue, that logo on this uh, Big Ten composite, Maryland, (laughs) Nebraska look uh, amazingly alike. Maryland, Purdue, then Minnesota. So if you get get off 2-0, 3-0, you're in good shape. If you beat Minnesota, Nebraska in back-to-back weeks, you get to 4-0. Then you got then everybody's happy and you're cooking. Illinois. Yeah. yeah, Northwestern Illinois. Then you're looking at six and zero. You're six and zero. And an off week Penn before State. Penn State. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, that that'll tell us a lot about the Iowa Hawkeyes and what they do. Uh, we're happy you're joining us on the Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch. The web address is twitch.tv backslash Chris Landry Football. You can listen to this podcast on your mobile device by signing up for the Landry Football Conference Call wherever you get your podcast. So what I'd do if I were you is I'd go to Twitch right now. Join us in the chat room. Communicate with us. Please remember to hit the heart button at the top of the page and follow us. Go to LandryFootball.com. You can click directly onto the Twitch page to listen live or to listen to the podcast or read about the game of football from a coach's and a scout's perspective. And that's who Chris Landry is. If you don't know Chris, he coached at LSU. He coached with the Cleveland Browns when Bill Belichick was the Cleveland Browns head coach. So Chris Landry, a lot of expertise, film breakdown, all that. And we've got you covered. High school shows, college shows, NFL recruiting, NFL draft to free agency, Pre-game, post-game, players, teams, coaches, schemes, LandryFootball.com, and the Landry Football Network is your source for all things football. Soyce, getting a little bit of... Soyce, yeah, I've been in the Soyce. I've been in the Soyce. Let's talk about activism, Andy, because we can't have college football these days without activism. Activism, well... Activism, not in the uh, maybe not in the social so, uh, social uh, social sense. He's been in the soyce. Been in the soyce a little <laughs> bit. He's got me in the soyce. Uh, Big Ten players unifying, apparently over a thousand of them, uh, pinning a letter, not signing their names. Now, why do you say apparently? Because yeah, they didn't sign it. They didn't sign it. Andy, doesn't that no one's committing it, to sending out games? Yeah, giving it more weight if they all sign the letter. It would, but I don't think you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I take it serious if Justin Fields' name's on that. Absolutely, letter. absolutely. And if, you don't, if Micah Parsons, Rashad Bateman, if you know uh, Quiddy Pay, if uh, Adrian Martinez, you know guys like that, if their names on the letter, I'm like, holy cow, we got to take this seriously. It's just like the Pac-12 thing, you know. You did, guys aren't uh, all behind it, 
you got to present that unified front and you put out this big number like all these people had input into the letter and yet you don't have a lot of signatures on it and it's kind of um, the demands that they make. I don't mean to dog on the union or anything, but they're kind of um, interesting. Well, some of them are self-evident. Now, here's the deal. It is better done, I think, than the Pac-12 thing because the Pac-12 thing, we were told it was a quote-unquote group of players want to know well, how many in the group and we turn it turns out it was like 11 12 or 13 i've heard all three numbers a lot more willing yeah okay well then sign the letter mm-hmm. but it was 11 12 or 13 in the pack 12 now this is a thousand players i think you look really bad if you say it's a thousand and it's not a thousand so i assume the a thousand number is legit right but you think of a thousand when i heard that i thought that's almost too big to be true because uh, 85 guys on scholarship. Now, there are more guys on the team than the 85, but they're 85 on scholarship. That would be like 12 of the 14 teams, every scholarship guy signing the letter. It's like practically everyone's on board. Yeah, so you got to pay attention to it if you're the Big Ten. But my first thought, reading through the demands, and you're going to go through them for us, I put myself in Kevin Warren's you know big shoes as commissioner of the Big Ten or Gene Smith or Ward Manuel or any athletic director and Sandy Barber, any athletic director in the league. And I get, you know, my secretary comes in the office. Hey, uh, Gene Smith, uh, we got a we got a problem here. We got a uh, thousand Big Ten players list of demands. Gene's like, holy cow! I thought I had everything lined up and ready to go. All right, let me look at their demands. And then, as you're reading through the list of demands, if I'm Gene Smith, Sandy Barber, Ward Manuel, any AD out there, I'm going, whoo! We're already doing this. We're already doing this. We're already doing this. We're already doing. I mean, look to me like they're already doing a lot. Exactly. Of it. Yeah. Um, I, it's about half of the list is already being done. Uh, things like in-season testing twice per week with an FDA-approved test. It's, that was right at the front of the Big Ten protocols. Yeah. Um, banning the use of COVID-19 liability waivers, preserving eligibility and scholarships in a roster spot for anyone who opts out or cannot play more than 40% of the season, coverage for out, out-of-pocket medical expenses, all these things already being covered. And then you look at the things that are new demands, you know, um, whistleblower protection. I kind of assumed that was in place sure. already. Same with um, you have. Yeah. The, the thing that gets me, I guess, is there automatic, were two that I looked at. Automatic, See if yours are the same as mine. Automatic medical red shirt for any player who misses any competitions due to a positive test or a mandatory quarantine due to contact tracing. So you're telling me that if you sit out one game. Because you tested positive for COVID, you get a medical red shirt. Yeah, no way. That's how that reads. That's how that reads. I don't know if that's how that was intended, but that's how that reads. And yes. then the very next demand is 40% of the season you get a red shirt. So I don't understand. Those are in conflict. Kind of kind of in conflict there. Um, adjustment to cost of living stipend. I figured out-of-pocket medical expenses kind of covers that. Yeah. Um, what out-of-pocket medical do they have? These guys are like taken care of to the nth degree by the team medical staff. You want to see like a private physician or something? I don't know. But I, I, that's fair. If you get it from being around a lot of people, it's fair that the team covers it. Maybe a walk-on doesn't have the same medical protection on the team, but I would think they would. Some of this stuff, admittedly, I'm not, and I don't think anybody is up to you know, speed on everything the league and the teams, or excuse me, the schools cover. But a lot of this, I just read it and I thought, well, I know they're doing this or I bet they're doing this right. already. No, and I'm reading 
the uh, requirements off a CBS Sports article here uh, by Ben Kercheval. And um, it, he literally put an asterisk by everything that's either already in the Big Ten protocols mm-hmm. or in the NCAA protocols, and it's half of the list, basically. So Now, the one on there that I went, huh, was the free access to the Big Ten network. All the players want their parents to get <laughs> free cable, I guess. Like, the Big Ten network is not a standalone pay channel. It's not like a big prize fight or an MMA fight. The Big Ten network is on a tier in every cable satellite system, and the cable company will pay the Big Ten, like, I don't know, 50 cents per subscriber or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the the conference office could come back to the players and go, look, literally, the cost of the Big Ten network for your parents is, I mean, the Big Ten could argue it's 50 cents because that's what we get. And what they get is is their revenue. So uh, I'm not going to give you two bucks. Or if you want Dish Network, I'm not going to give you a hundred bucks per player so you can have Dish Network. Maybe they could give them, I suppose, with the electronics the way they are, you could probably give them like some kind of electronic password to like get it on your laptop, a website. Possibly. I'm sure they could set that up on a server. But that to me was like, look, if you're gonna make a bunch of demands, like don't nickel and don't don't give me nickel and dime demands. Yeah, I see to me it just seemed like we were talking about it before the show, and you were like, "I you think that the commissioners and the ADs might have a better handle on this than the players and might be more in. And not that the players shouldn't be involved with the decision-making process. Well, that was another demand. That was another demand. And they want to be involved in the decision-making. And yet Kevin Warren met with two representatives from each team for two and a half hours this week over Zoom. So um, they are being involved with the decision-making process, as they should be. Yeah, sure. Not saying they shouldn't be involved in the decision-making that. process, but I think that the protocols and the guidelines that are being laid out with input from the players are probably the best way to go about this as opposed to, I don't know, the, the list of demands when half of them are already being met just kind of comes off like, yeah, it's pretty much already being addressed. Here's season. the thing I would have liked to have seen. Uh, I think some of this is driven by the Players' Tribune. The Players' Tribune gets a lot of run out of the fact that they have the demands of a 1,000 Big Ten football players. It's good for clicks. It's good for traffic to the Players' Tribune. What would have been wrong with the players putting together a players' council? Clearly, if they've got a 1,000 guys on board, they have a network. All these guys know each other. How many times during a season do you see Penn State, Ohio State are playing? Justin Fields was a previous Penn State verbal commit. So he knows a lot of the guys on the Penn State team. Uh, Penn, Justin Fields, there'll be a story. Oh, Justin Fields and Micah Parsons were texting this week. You know, Justin Fields and, you know, whoever are texting this week. So they all know each other. They all know how to get hold of each other. So they can come up with their own players' council. Come up with a players' council. Come up with your list of demands. And go to the conference first rather than going to the players' tribune. Just go to the conference. Call Commissioner Warren. Call his office. Tell your AD to get a hold of him. Hey, we'd like to have a Zoom call. I'm sure they would have had the Zoom call. Absolutely. And I'm sure they could have said, they okay, guys, have already did. Yeah, we're doing this. I was impressed yesterday with the fact that the Big Ten thought ahead of time to say – we're going to have a third-party testing. 
independent third-party testing. That's the right way to do it. Because the first thing I thought was, you know, if you come up COVID positive and you got a big game that week, it's like, well, he's asymptomatic, so let's let him go play. Big Ten's taking that out of the equation. So, look, I'm not here to show for the Big Ten. Heaven knows that. Anybody who's followed my career over the years at the Plain Dealer and 97-1 in Columbus and ESPN Cleveland knows that I think the Big Ten, if they do something smart, it's usually because they accidentally stumble upon it. Uh, But I think in this case, we're in an era. We've talked about activism, about idealism, about how it's heightened on college campuses now. It's heightened with the climate in our country. I don't think the Big Ten would have said, ah, you silly players, like, go over there and sit in a corner and we'll tell you how it's going to be. It's not bad for players to have a voice and input. No. It's just... You're going to the Players' Tribune with this list of demands. It's kind of, there's some that are in conflict, some that are already being addressed, and it's just, like, it feels like something that could have been worked out behind the scenes. And they're not even threatening to sit out games with it, so I don't know. The other thing is, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to the players, but but they are players. Um, Kevin Warren, I don't know his resume, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's pretty impressive. I mean, I saw Commissioner Warren on the Big Ten call yesterday. I thought this is actually amusing. Did you notice on the wall behind Kevin Warren that he has a bunch of like bronze plaques of newspaper coverage of him becoming Big Ten commissioner? <laughs> I did. <notice> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's not a good look on camera. Okay, like maybe go sit somewhere else, the other corner. Of the so office. we don't see the Detroit Free Press, Minneapolis Star Tribune, Chicago Tribune heralding you as what was one of the headlines? It was like born to be a leader or something like that. Yeah. But, Eh, check the ego a little bit there, Kev. But but he's got an impressive resume. Gene Smith worked for IBM. He was the AD at Iowa Tons State. Of business he experience. manages a multi-million dollar business as Ohio State's athletic director. So does Ward Manuel at Michigan. So does Sandy Barber at Nebraska. So does, is it Bill Moose at Nebraska? So do all these guys and girls. They all do. So, you know... You're budgeting things for your family. You don't call your five-year-old over and go, what do you think? Should we, like, buy this car? Should we, like, you know, get a new AC system for the house? I mean, there's some decisions that the adults have to make. And then you consult and bring everybody on board with and get their suggestions. But to act like these Big Ten football players deserve or are competent enough to have an equal seat at the table, to me, is not really respectful of the expertise that the ADs and the commissioners and the assistant commissioners bring to this discussion. Right. They're in that. That's why they were put in that position to make these decisions. Yeah. So uh, again, and I'm not anti-player, I'm pro-player. I'm for name, image, and likeness and all that. But I got to say that I feel there's a balance in name, image, and likeness. Like I will go, I will go down a rabbit hole here, but just generally I'm for name, image, and likeness but I do feel like it is a potential Pandora's box where sometimes just because you can do something, and this is true in life, you if you do it, it can lead you to a bad place. I'm afraid name, image, and likeness has unintended consequences just as a lot of these demands and this player activism may have unintended consequences well, going yeah. forward. Obviously, the thing with name, image, and likeness is bad actors and yeah. people abusing it to get recruits. And I'm, there's plenty of under-the-table payment that goes on anyway, obviously. But, um, yeah, the, the, the name, image, and likeness gives a public platform for that to occur almost. For instance, on this player involvement and these demands, again, 
I'm for the players being fully brought on board. I'm not for putting the players at any kind of health risk or anything like that. But, but, let me just say, I don't mean but as a counter to that. I mean, this week I saw a a video on Twitter. Did you see the video on Twitter of Joey Bosa, former Ohio State defensive end, signing his contract I think five-year 135 or six-year 135 with the San Diego Chargers. Did you see that video of Joey Bosa? I didn't see the video specifically. I saw the contract announced. Okay, so Joey Bosa goes into the Chargers facility, and he sits down, and he, and he says, he's got a mask on and everything, and he says, I wish my parents could be here. And he starts, he signs the contract, they take video, and Joey Bosa becomes emotional talking about what he's achieved to get to the point in his career where he's merited a second contract, which sets a a record for the NFL for guaranteed money for a defensive player, a record for the NFL for guaranteed total money for a defensive player. The gravity of what Joey Bosa's accomplished with with, with the help of his dad, John, the help of his mom, Cheryl, the help of his brother, Nick, their family, Joey Bosa becomes emotional to the point of tears over what is happening. And I thought to myself, Andy, how refreshing that is to see someone who is expressing heartfelt gratitude over that landmark moment in their life. It's not that Joey Bosa didn't make it happen. He made it happen. But he still was moved emotionally by the Bent by the uh, by the fact that hey, I'm able to do this. Mm-hmm. We have a system here. I'm able to do this. I bring all that up because when I see Big Ten football players issuing demands and you know on and on and on and on, not just Big Ten football players all across the country. If you're a Division One football player in the Power Five, your life doesn't stink it doesn't you know i mean you don't have i'm afraid an appreciation of the vast difference between your life as a college student and the average kid from a high school in your state who's going to your school as just a student i know you work hard i know you practice i know there are enormous demands on your time i know you have your summer's taken away from you and you're putting in hours and you got I get the sacrifice you're making and you're but you're being trained for what could be life-changing money in the National Football League with the expertise of the very best coaches in your profession. That has a value. That has a numeric value on it. I don't think the players calculate it. The argument we always hear is, "Well, I'm getting a free education." Okay, they are getting a free education, and that's a good deal. But the fact that an, a defensive back recruit can commit to Ohio State and get coached by Kerry Combs and end up on the same career track as Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward, Von Bell, on and on and on, that has a value. The fact that you go to report for a workout and they hand you a Chick-fil-A box lunch and, and clean clothes... You don't even have to do your laundry as a college football player. So I'm just saying, could you understand that there are good parts of being a D1 football player? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was last year. I was one of those average college kids, right? Yeah. And I covered the guys who weren't. And you know, a lot of those guys, I think, are. I talked to a lot of Ohio State players who are more humble than people realize. Um, Josh Myers always impresses me at how down to earth he is. When I talk to him, just a very smart dude. Justin feels surprisingly humble in interviews, at least. Um, but I think, yeah, there's there's sometimes you do get a lack of appreciation for you know. I worked summer jobs and took out loans and yep. did all the usual stuff to get my way through college and end up with a journalism degree that right now you know sports writing not in the best of shape, but I'm working my way through it. Um, and when you get, you know, if you're an Ohio State football player, you're set up in Columbus for life, even if you don't make the NFL. I've always said the two most valuable words on any resume in the state of Ohio, former Buckeye. Former Buckeye. And that's true in Ann Arbor. Yep. That's true in East Lansing. Yep. That's true in Madison. Yep. It's true everywhere. So yes, it is. there is a value on that. Now, I've always been a huge proponent of name image like this. I think if you, the ability to market yourself is a freedom that every single person in America has except college athletes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a travesty. Um, but So I've always been a proponent of name, image, and likeness. But yes, these kinds of demands and wanting to be so, you know, wanting to be the decision makers for everything in the sport, it kind of comes off, it comes off like that. You know, it kind of, it kind of comes off a little bit entitled, a little bit, um, and I, I'm sure this isn't what was intended, right? But it comes off somewhat entitled that you're not as trusting in the ADs and the decision makers at the top, the people who are paid to make these decisions. Believe me, the Ryan Days, the Jim Harbaugh's, the Paul Chris, uh, their ADs, Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin, they are all about doing everything they can for the betterment of their players, their students. Absolutely. They are all about that. Otherwise, they'd be in the National Football League where it's pure football and, oh, this guy's not good enough, this guy's not, cut that guy. Okay, sign R, see you later. And they don't even have a meeting with you when they cut you. They send some, you know, low-level assistant to cut you and tell you to give up your playbook and get gone. So there is a difference. I know enough coaches in the Big Ten to know how much they care about their players, and, you know, I, I know I've talked to enough ADs over the years to know their concern for their players is genuine. So I just would like to, I would like to have seen this take a different route rather than be make its debut uh, in a public forum like the players. Yes, yeah, so I just I think you do the same thing, but you do it behind the scenes, and you work more so with the conference as I think the conference was trying to work with the players, and I think it just comes off better. It looks better. It looks less entitled than uh, what than debuting in the Players' Tribune. Yeah, we want to remind you, the official sponsor of the A Few Good Men on the Big Ten podcast, our friends at Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, best coffee you'll ever find. They buy their coffee from around the world direct from growers. So you get the best coffee, and then those growers, because they don't have to go through all the government hoops and have their profits skimmed off the top, can do great things in their local communities. So if you'd like coffee sourced directly from Ethiopia, from Thailand, from Indonesia, from other countries around the world, go to HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com, navigate their vast menu, light, medium, and dark roast. They'll roast it to your specs, and you get 15% off when you use the promo code in all caps, BIG10. Promo code, all caps, BIG10, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Uh, I love their coffee. People that I know uh, have tried Hemisphere and always order more. So I would just tell you, take the Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Challenge and you will love it. HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. You can read about them. You can watch the videos. You can browse their menu. Most importantly, you get 15% off when you use the promo code 
we uh, when you use the promo code Big Ten. Big Ten. They are the truth when it comes to coffee. Try Speaking it. of truth. You can't handle the truth. Andy Anders, you are up with your you can't handle the truth moment in the Big Ten this week. Well, Bruce, I know you've read a few of my stories. You've talked to mm-hmm. me enough to know I'm a pretty data-driven guy. I yep. love numbers. I love stats. Um, I want to address, we talked about it earlier, Micah Parsons, Rashad Bateman's situations. Um, I'm never going to knock a guy who's a first-round guy. You've got millions of dollars on the table, life-changing money. People use, a lot of times come from modest circumstances or even less than modest. Um, when you've got that kind of money on the table, especially when you look at guys who have been injured in late-season games before and lost millions of dollars as a result, I am always going to understand protecting your family. So this is, I want to make this clear, this is not any sort of attack on their decisions. However... I want to address the fact that there is an incredibly low risk of any sort of career-altering coronavirus-related incident Mm -hmm. for a player who decides not to opt out of this college football season. So I did some digging into the CDC numbers last night, and it's a little bit skewed because the age brackets for cases and deaths are different for some reason. Mm -hmm. Don't know why the CDC does it that way. But roughly two-tenths... Two ten thousandths, my bad, two ten thousandths of one percent is the fatality rate for college-aged people. And this isn't college football players, this isn't super athletes, this is college-aged people in general, average. Um, Two ten ten thousandths of one percent. For people that like Vegas odds, that's 500,000 to one that you would die if you caught coronavirus if you were my age, Um, which college football players are. Yeah. Now... That's not the odds that you would catch coronavirus because there's still you have to catch it too. You're putting in twice weekly testing, establishing bubbles for these teams. We have some data now to look at from the NBA, NHL, MLB, TBT, people that have done this now Mm -hmm. to say that thousands of people have been inside those bubbles and the people who have gotten it usually go outside the bubble to get it. Correct. In the Marlins case, someone went outside the bubble, brought it back, and it spread through the team. So you could say probably about all, all those thousands of personnel that have been involved so far, only about 20 confirmed cases that came from the actual athletic events. So you could very conservatively say one in a hundred chance you catch it, probably more like one in a thousand, but to be really conservative, we'll say one in a hundred chance you would catch coronavirus sometime in your entire season playing football if the guidelines aren't followed really strictly. Um, we're now up to one, 50 million to one that you would catch coronavirus and then die from it as a college football player. 50 million to one. Wow. I like <laughs> it, my odds. Yeah. And, a very, and that's a concern. I, I believe that's a conservative estimate. Now, you then say, all right, well, there's other conditions you can get from coronavirus, right? You could get reduced lung capacity, brain damage, et cetera. Let's say you're 10 times more likely than that to die. That still brings you to five million to one, and I think you have more than a five million to one chance playing football normally to have a career-altering injury than you do with coronavirus as that extra five million to one chance. I mean, and there's proof of this if you look at the people who have gotten it that are college football players. I mean, thirty cases at Clemson, twenty-five cases at LSU. Has one of them had a serious life-altering condition from it yet? Certainly not that we know of. Certainly not that we know of. So. I just want to say that once these protocols are in place, because they are, I mean, twice weekly testing, bubbles, social distancing, masks, if you follow them, it is an astronomically low chance 
for a college football player to for someone to get in contact with them that has the virus, then they catch the virus, then they get some sort of career-altering condition from the virus. So that's my truth for today is that the numbers say there is very much higher risk of you playing the sport, getting injured and something happening to you, a risk you already take, than you playing during this pandemic. I think you make a great point, and I see in the NFL, uh, Andy, a lot of players who are opting out are fringe players, and they're guaranteed 150 grand if they opt out. Well, a lot of them are guys that may not make a team, so they're saying it's coronavirus concern when it's really, hey, I can get 150 grand. Okay, let's do that. Um, I don't know Rashad Bateman and uh, Micah Parsons' mindset, but I would think that coronavirus has given them an avenue to get out without taking the heat they would take if they just walked out on their teams because of injury risk. And I think one of the things these guys might not be factoring in is, what does it tell an NFL GM when you clearly prioritize yourself over team when your team has, in both those cases, Minnesota and Penn State, realistic championship hopes? Well, you have proof in the pudding in the past of guys uh, leaving early and not affecting their draft stock. I mean, Nick Bosa, Christian McCaffrey. Bosa was injured, and I think it's a little different when it's a meaningless bowl game than it is an entire season. Fair points, both. We'll Fair see. points. I think what it tells me is they're always going to prioritize, or at least the conflict of am I sold out for the team or am I sold out for myself, that conflict exists with both those two players. But their choice is their choice, and their teams will be poorer, certainly, without their talent. You can't handle the truth. Uh, my truth in uh, the hopes of not being portrayed as a complete Big Ten shill because of what I said about the players having it good is a little free advice to uh, Dave Revson and Rick Pizzo, uh, Big Ten Network commentators, who took um, more time than I was comfortable with as a viewer the other day on the announcement of the Big Ten schedule, extolling the virtues of Commissioner Kevin Warren. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't happen to think Kevin Warren's done a tremendous job because I think it was a rotten thing for him to do to be on a teleconference with all the other conference commissioners and not mention, oh, by the way, tomorrow we're announcing in the Big Ten that we're going to play only conference games. That blindsided the rest of the Power Five. But just as a general rule, nobody wants to hear you suck up to the boss by talking about how the boss is a brilliant person and has done a great job. I assume that you like Kevin Warren and that you are not going to rip Kevin Warren on a Big Ten Network broadcast. So I don't really take seriously anybody who's working for the Big Ten Network telling me on the Big Ten Network what a great job the Big Ten commissioner has done. So that's my you-can't-handle-the-truth moment. Andy, Sunday at noon, I would think this little event right here, the Legends of Ohio State Football ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Can you imagine, Andy, the joy, the unbridled joy that a Michigan fan or a Penn State fan would get from seeing Urban Meyer or Jim Tressel take a bucket of ice water on the head? I mean, that would be like a Michigan, you know, Michigan, you got to settle for your small victories where you can get them. Yeah. And the fact that Ohio State has won 17 of the last 18 against Penn State and Michigan, that's on Urban and Ryan Day's watch. But Coach Tressel, he's the man who killed the Ohio State Michigan rivalry, won nine out of 10. Uh, you get a chance to like donate 
and watch those two guys take a bucket of ice on the head. That's confirmed to me from uh, the MC who will be Chris Spielman. Head coach John Cooper, former Ohio State Buckeye head coach, will also be there. Uh, and former Columbus Mayor Greg Lashutka representing the late Woody Hayes, the late Earl Bruce. You can uh, visit bit.ly, which that's a common you know internet prefix to shorten URLs, bit.ly backslash OSU Ice Bucket Challenge to donate and create a world without ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, a terrible disease that is currently afflicting uh, William White, former Ohio State Buckeye, father of Brendan White, now a Rutgers defensive back and the Rose Bowl MVP from 2019, 2018. 2019 Rose Bowl 2018 season. Yes. Yes. So there you go. So OSU Ice Bucket Challenge. It's on YouTube. It's live. It's noon on Sunday. So Michigan fans, donate bucket of ice on Urban's head, on Jim Trestle's head. Look, you got to settle for small victories in life, correct? Absolutely. And that's what is there for you. So that'll do it for us. A reminder, Chris Landry Football Channel on Twitch is where you get our show, top of the hour, in defense of the Big 12. And we have a lot of other things for you. A college and pro football film room show, two different fantasy football shows, a nightly NFL talk show, and more coming. Join us around the clock at Chris Landry Football on Twitch and bookmark LandryFootball.com for all the latest on football at every level. That'll do it for uh, Andy and myself. We appreciate you uh, taking the time to join us today. And we will be back on Monday at uh, 10 a.m. Hopefully the straight line toward a season opener on, what is Ohio State, Illinois, September 3rd? Thursday night? Thursday. Thursday night. Boy, I hope they got a lot of show prep for a 35 to nothing halftime score. Oh, absolutely. They'll need it. Whoever it is, drawing the short straw on the Big Ten. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll see. We'll be back on Monday. Everybody have a great day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.